We are seeing so much activity on Donald Trump right now, and more so than ever, it seems. Uh, even with this uh, raid on Mar-a-Lago, uh, you have to think like, well, gosh, they were, they were trying to get him, and I put that in quotes, get him, during his presidency with the impeachments, the Russian collusion, the Ukraine situation, January 6th, and everything in between, including that there are good people on both sides and maligning him in every way possible, and Orange Mad Bad, everything you can imagine, they threw at him. And now post-presidency, now it's, what, 18 months after the presidency, his Trump, the, the greatest presidency that, that ever was, uh, they continue to go after him, at this point, even more savagely than ever. Why? Because it's, it's transparent to me. They don't want him to run in 2024. Uh, they, would, they want to dispose of his legacy in every way possible, right? So, so they call him, you know, during his presidency and before, they, they said that he was a madman, he'll kill us all, he's power hungry, right? Now, I just, I, I want to pose a thought experiment, all right, and, and tell me what you think, because it's, if he was truly a power hungry madman, then why not, from his point of view, again, just from his mental state, why would he run as a Republican? I mean, think about that. Just think about that for a second. He would have it so much easier if he just wanted to be loved and get all the accolades and be a celebrity president. Well, then he should have run as a Democrat, right? I mean, it, it's kind of basic when you think about it. He would make all the promises to the various players out there that they wouldn't have to worry about anything. They, they, they could get their green energy deals. They, they could get their welfare checks. They can get free college tuition. Um, you know, open the borders, no problem at all. I'm with you. And he would say it with the same, you know, Trump voice, I, I love America. That's why I'm opening up the borders, right? I want to give free uh, college tuition to everyone free. And they, they would love him. And, and he could still have the same mean tweets, but they would go against the Republicans, right? And, and the Democrats would say, well, you know what? He just tells it like it is. He's tough, like, uh, like FDR was. That's, you know, we're finally getting a president that, that gets the job done. And you Republicans are complaining, but uh, boy, he's, he's so good. He's the best Democrat we ever had. And they would be thrilled. Every single one of your Democrat friends would say, what a fantastic President Trump was. He really shook things up, right? Well, and he, he would just play the swamp game. Why, why would he fight the swamp if he was truly power hungry? If he was truly all about himself and it was all about ego and he wanted to just have a great ride into the sunset and, and say what a great man he was and want everyone to think so well of him, why would you run as a Republican? Now, my thoughts on this, I, I think there's only one answer to that, is because he loves America. I think somewhere along the line he found God. He loves God. He speaks about God all the time. In so many speeches, he understands the importance of God, even though he himself is, is not as observant as I think he would like to be. Uh, I myself, for example, I'm, I'm, I consider myself a very deep Jew, but I don't go to synagogue hardly as often as I would like to. I don't know the Talmud and the Torah as well as so many of my friends do. Uh, I'm not even talking about Orthodox. I'm simply talking about conservative Jews, even, even some, you know, believe it or not, some Reformed Jews know more than I do about Judaism. But 
I love Judaism. I, I deeply believe in God. And I think that's, that's the way Trump is when it comes to his faith as well. He, and not only that, Ari, he, he's able to do so with considerable aplomb he, and attack. He, he, he does it so effectively. The, the ability to uh, play the game so well is really unique to him. And he will not give any quarter when it comes to the conservative ways uh, and America. And for that matter, God, he, he always seems to make the right decision. And I, I love him for that. It's not like 95% of the time. It's 100% of the time. You could quibble about his tweets, but as Ari and I both think, I think the tweets are actually part of him. It's part of what makes him great. And it's, it's part of his character. But that is the effect, uh, the, how powerful the, the president has been. I'm talking about Trump here. Now, what do you think? Am I, am I off base on this? I mean, that's, it's good to ask that that uh, thought experiment, why, why not run as a Democrat if he was this power-hungry guy, this megalomaniac that everyone claims him to be? Or run in the, as a re- member of the Republican establishment, which is being a Democrat. I mean, you know, he could have been a, uh, a Mitt Romney, a Liz Cheney, a Mike Pence type. Same thing, same thing. But all of the markers that he's doing this for the right reasons are there, that he's entering uh, uh, the White House wealthier than he leaves the White House. Very few politicians leave poorer than they, <laughs> you know, when, than the, when they enter. Uh, very few politicians make the, the right enemies, you know, of the intelligence and the deep state and the bureaucratic communities. Yeah. You know, it's, you make a great point. Yeah, and why would he suffer all the blows and the calumny that he has been getting and, and he must have known that he would get uh, by running as a Republican, being a Republican president? Why would he do that? It's, it's not, it's not, I, mean, I think your point about making less money than he came in uh, with is a very good one as well. Uh, why, would, why would you do that? And, and now he knows that no doubt he, he knew that it was going to be a savage attack on him. But, and sure enough, the, the screenplay has played out just like he expected it would. And now he wants to run for 2024. Oh, I, I, think, I, I think it played out a lot more viciously than even he thought. Okay. Well, either way, I mean, it, okay, so let's say it played out as viciously as he thought. You would think, okay, well, you know what? That was so much more vicious than I thought. I can't handle the heat. I'm not going to run for 2024. But he wants to run for 2024. If he, if he vowed to the establishment that he has no intention of running for 2024, in fact, he supports uh, so many other Republican uh, possible presidential nominees, uh, I think they would leave him alone. Uh, no, no. The, the, the failure of the establishment is so great, they absolutely need him as a scapegoat. They need his scalp on a wall to constantly point to, I don't care how bad things have gotten for you people, you little people. We have him. His head is on the pike. Okay. Right? That's, that's what it, this is about. Okay. And when I say it's, it's more vicious than he thought, I think that's the impetus for when he returns that he will go for a real house cleaning, not a superficial one, not one where he trusts a Bill Barr or a Christopher Ray or a Gina Haspel or whoever, but one where he really, really, really goes after these people and appoints outsiders. Like, for instance, uh, brings in like a Mark Levin to be attorney general, for instance. Wow, wouldn't that be great? Oh. I mean, you're so right. Uh, look, I, you might be right. I, I, for sure, if he becomes president in 2024, and God willing, he will, uh, I would say that he is going to be much more sophisticated, much more mature, much more experienced, uh, and, and, and much more 
uh, what's the word, uh, wise, eyes wide open as to the kind of attacks he's going to have to deal with. And, and street smart. Okay, I like that word too. So he's, he's always had that, but now he's really going to be uh, a real fighter in every way, and he knows exactly where the enemies are. I think he's spending these four years, now, now we're into the end of the second year, um, really learning about what not to do as, as much as what to do at the end of the day. Anyway, uh, that's just my uh, mental thought experiment, and I think it's a good one. And it just only goes to show how much more genuine Donald Trump actually is than people give him credit for. All right, I want to move on to a different uh, topic, and that's what I call the pretend culture. Um, and it's, it's happening all around us. Um, you know, Dennis Prager spoke a little bit about this, but I want to, I, I actually look at it a little bit differently than he does. Um, th- this is a pretend culture. That's, and, and the question is why? Um, now, before I, you know, just talk about why, I want to explain what I mean by pretend culture. So, uh, you know, the most obvious thing to talk about is the uh, transgender issue, right? The, the idea that a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man, that, you know, that's just pretending. And not only that, that they should be allowed to pretend to themselves about it, but we should all be pretending along with them, right? So, look... It's all good and well. You want to go in your own head and, and imagine yourself as something else. Uh, be my guest, okay? But don't, don't bring me along with, it, with you, okay? I'm, I'm not entertaining your hallucination. You know, it's funny. A lot of these transgender people, um, to the extent that they're actually suffering for the dysphoria, uh, what, what's the difference between them and the homeless, let's say, who are uh, mentally deranged, uh, high on coke or high on crack or whatever, um, they, they have a, an illusion of the world around them. They, and they'll stab you if you walk by, right? You, they're, they're dangerous people. I'm not talking transgenders are danger, dangerous people, but they, they suffer from a hallucination about their own reality. So we would never say this about, about uh, homeless, right? The, the people with mental illness to say, this guy who has uh, schizophrenia, that we should all Go along with them. Yes, there are, there are indeed many voices in your head, sir. Uh, and, and here they are. You know, just tell me who they are and we will go along with you. We don't, we don't do that. But, but maybe we will do it eventually in the future. But when it comes to the transgendered world, we, we do pretend along with them. They expect us to go along with it. Um, and maybe they don't even expect it, by the way. Maybe it's just we're being told by the establishment folks who have a different agenda that we must pretend along with them and, that, and, and we have to honor their, their truths, right? That phrase itself, by the way, is, is emblematic of the pretend culture. You know, you have your truth and I have my truth and uh, Billy Bob has his, his truth. What are you talking about? There is only one truth, but in a culture that is always... Uh, changing with the moral uh, floating point, what is it called? Floating point morality. Yeah, then you're going to have a lot of different truths. Uh, floating point morality and floating point reality. Yeah. And a quick question: uh, Does truth ever come in plural? Mm. Wow, that's a great that's a great way of putting it. No, it does not. It should not. Uh, two plus two is always four, and it's it's a single thing, a single truth. That's why we say truth the capital T, right? Um, anyway, it's, it's fascinating. There are other examples of that. And so let's go through that. And then, then I want to ask the why. Okay. 
uh, we're pretending also that monkeypox is a heterosexual disease, right? We're, we're pretending that. Just like AIDS is. Like AIDS was, and AIDS, yeah. <laughs> Some people still think AIDS is. But we, we now recognize that AIDS is a predominantly, uh, you know, homosexual, gay, uh, male gay, uh, homosexual transmitting situation, right? And we also pretend that a man can go to a woman's locker room, bathroom, or, or prison for the matter, and, and nothing bad will come out of it, right? It's, it's amazing to me. They, they just have to pretend to themselves. That's, that's even different than pretending that a man can be a woman. We pretend also that spending money can reduce inflation, right? That's amazing. That's a pretense, right? We pretend that uh, Biden doesn't have dementia. <laughs> the whole media is pretending they're just closing that off, that his, that his antics and his words are somehow that of a reasonable person who's brilliant, no less. Uh, we pretend that we pretended and are still pretending to some extent that masks work. We pretend that, that the vaccines will reduce hospitalizations and infections. Right? We, we pretended that all we needed was 15 days to stop the spread or, or whatever they call it, flatten the curve, right? That was a big pretense. That was a big lie. We, we pretended uh, that the uh, Iranians are interested in peace and will reduce their nuclear ambitions. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm, they sure will. We, we pretend that we're not in, in a recession right now. We are. What? We pretend that there's not a massive surge of immigration happening at the border. Pretend that crime is not growing in all the big cities, if not all of America. Pretend that almost, uh, that, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Pretending that almost, um, that, that socialism is somehow going to be fine, that, it's, that all the crime that we have in America is somehow a function of capitalism problems. We pretend about systemic racism as opposed to fatherlessness, right? We, uh, in terms of what the, what the actual root cause of so much crime is. And just to give you a, a concrete example of the pretense, as if you don't know this already, all of you listening, uh, elementary schools, this is a news item, elementary schools and universities have been preparing for potential monkeypox outbreaks as the summer closes and the autumn sessions near. Though monkeypox has spread almost exclusively among men who have, who have sex with men, 14,000 confirmed cases in the United States alone, health officials fear that the virus will spread beyond the LGBTQ community and into the general population with elementary school and college students being the most vulnerable. Okay, so there's your pretense really, right there. Really, really quickly, it hasn't spread even through the LGBTQ plus community. It just is the G. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point. Yeah, if I were a lesbian, I would say, don't lump me in with you guys. Right. I mean, we don't, first of all, they don't have these massive orgies. You don't hear about these lesbian orgies going on. Uh, sorry if that uh, interrupted the flow for a lot of people who thought this was going to be rated G or PG. But yeah, the lesbians don't do what male gays do. Okay, it's a very different world. Okay, so that, 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 that is not a, it's such a great catch, by the way. Um, but, but then to say elementary schools and, and high schools and, and colleges are, they're the most vulnerable? Why? Why? Unless, unless you, know, they're, they're, you know, they're raping young boys. Uh, which, you know, they are. which which they may be doing, God they forbid. Are. Oh my God, it's terrible. It's awful. It's just awful. So 
I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, there's, wherever there's substantially male gay activity happening, yes, then that community is going to have to be uh, uh, yeah. very careful. Uh, male gay promiscuous activity beyond one-on-one -on -one relationships. Yes, monogamous. Uh, one other that you didn't have on the list, but I'm sure it's probably on there, we're pretending babies that are still inside their mommies are not yet babies. Damn, that's good. That's a great point. It's, uh, it, it is so, so emblematic. Everything you just said is emblematic of that. Um, they are on the abortion front, I, I think that's 100% right. Uh, we, we pretend because we can't see the baby, you see. Oh, uh, you know, other, than the, other than the protruded belly, I, I get that. But you can't see, you know, unless you want to have a see a sonogram every day. But I always say, if, I think we had this on our podcast once. What if, again, a thought experiment. What if we had some sort of transparent window uh, whereby anyone could look into a woman's belly and see the baby growing, uh, you know, every week, you know, a little bit bigger. And uh, would, they, would they still have the same kind of abortion debate? And I, I, I bet you not, you because who, then, then you wouldn't be able to pretend. You know who had that device? The jury who convicted Scott Peterson of two murders. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And anytime there's a crime like that, it's usually a double homicide. They seem to agree. As so long as the woman uh, wanted that baby, right? If she didn't want the baby, well, then, you know, <laughs> right. I guess then it's cool. It's no, no big whoop. Uh, what if she was murdered on the way to the abortion clinic? Wow, that's a legal conundrum. Anyway, do you see what I'm saying about this pretense and the pretending culture? Now, I, I told you I was going to get to the why. Okay, so it's, it's one thing to get into the pretending culture. Now we have to understand, why is this happening? Why, why do we want to pretend so badly that uh, a man could be a woman, uh, that, you know, monkeypox... Uh, can be, you know, it's not limited to uh, male gaze. So, and all the other things we just mentioned, why? I mean, am I, and some of them are, are downright dangerous. I mean, all of them are downright dangerous, I suppose. Some are, some are worse than others, like pretending that we can actually have a meaningful diplomatic resolution with the Iranians, you know, this, <laughs> this country that would love nothing more than to destroy America and Israel uh, in one fell swoop. I have no doubt about that. And they're just laughing all the way. Uh, so these are very dangerous ideas, but the question is, why do so many embrace it? Answer, because it's easier. It is far easier to just go along with the flow. Let's use an example of a man who thinks he's a woman. He comes up to you and says, you know, I, I, uh, Brock, I want you to know, Brock and Ari, I, I want you to know, I don't want to be Steve anymore. I want to be called Eve. Okay. From now on, you call me Eve. Why not Stephanie? <laughs> Why not Stephanie? Oh, I like that. Yes, probably a better. Yes, thanks a lot for, for <laughs> stopping my flow here. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so now you, you're confronted with um, Steve who wants to be Eve. And what do you say? You, you, you know, it's so much easier for you to say, okay, all right. Because you want to look tolerant. You want to look you know, progressive, you want to look modern, you want to look like you're easygoing. You, you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't want to be one of these conservative bastards who is so backwards that he would actually think that a man can only be a man and a woman can only be a woman. So you, you go along to play. And you also don't want Stephanie to punch you in the face. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, like that guy who came into the, the, the yeah, the, that's right. The guy who came to Clavine's store, this is a couple of years ago now. GameStop. Yeah. GameStop, yeah. He goes into the store and, and the guy is dressed up uh, as a woman, but clearly a man. And, and the, 
the cashier guy says, uh, yes, sir, uh, like that. And, he, and, and the guy just flips out, goes mad. I mean, he just, and he says, I want to know your boss. And, and, he, and the cashier guy right away said, I am so sorry. I misspoke. I meant, ma'am, you're a ma'am. I totally, it didn't, it didn't matter. It was, it was too late. And, and he said, and he goes, you want to you wanna go out back? I'll show you a sir. That was my favorite line. Anyway, okay, so, so maybe it is dangerous in that way. I don't know, physically. <laughs> but you make a great point. And uh, it's similar to uh, drug addiction, which is a classic version of pretend and hallucination, right? Yeah. It's easier to continue your habit than to get sober, yeah. right? So it's easier to play along with their hallucination than wind up a speed bump on the road to serfdom. You are so right. You know, there's a, an actual story I know uh, of a of a couple that had to deal with their sister who refused to acknowledge that her ex-husband was driving drunk, okay? He was, he was driving drunk. And not only that, but driving his daughters drunk. And as a consequence, uh, you, know, the, you know, you gotta do something about this. But not, no bad accident had yet happened. Um, and the wife of this couple, you know, said, I, I wanna say something, I wanna say something. But you could see that she was having to drag herself to get into the, into the fight because, you know, it's easier to pretend that everything is going to be okay. And the whole family didn't want this sort of um, big uh, kerfuffle to happen in their life, this, this obstacle, this, um, I guess, this the problem, to, to this confrontation. They didn't want the confrontation. They just wanted to just get, you know, go along to get along. And uh, thankfully... It was eventually reported. Everything changed, um, and the, the problem was solved. But people were still furious at this at this woman, furious at her because she had done something about that. And you know, we, we were actually very impressed with her because she had taken the steps. And and what the alternative universe could have been? Well, gosh, you know, they they could have ended up sitting at a funeral for one of these uh, girls that was uh, being driven around uh, by their drunk dad. And then they'll say, uh, why didn't we say something? Or worse, he could be in jail for the rest of his life for murdering some other kid. Oh, that's, that's, uh, it's all of those things. It's, it's, you, you shudder at thinking all the possible thinking, thinkings, but, but she got the shaft. This woman got the shaft. And they, they maligned her. They ostracized her for taking action. But it was so much easier for her to have done nothing. And, and that's the way it is. I think... That explains so much of what we're seeing here. It's easier to do nothing for most people. And what activates somebody to do something? Uh, I, you know what I think. I think it's about God. And that God wants us to, to pursue his mission of making a better society, a better civilization, to advance the cause, to get closer to God. And that requires us to confront evil and to confront bad situations like this. Rather than, it, it's so easy to just, Pretend it's not happening. Yeah. I want to make one quick point about this. And we're, in this case, talking about individuals taking action. We're not talking about government taking action. We, as laissez-faire uh, free market people, want government not to do things. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's right. But uh, the pretending uh, is, is, does involve individuals. For example, I Iran, right? So we don't want them to get involved in, in bed with Iran and make this crazy deal that they're proposing precisely for what you said. Yes. Uh, and it's individuals who have this 
Pollyannish sort of uh, naivete that's so dangerous that will get us all killed if we're not careful, or at least you know compromise our position uh, dramatically. Uh, so. These are the pretenses, the pretense that China is, is operating uh, in good faith. And that's another example. There's so many others out there. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are screaming at the podcast saying, what about X, you know, which is also a pretense. Look, you know, if you, if you have children, um, you know, part of growing up is pretending to be Luke Skywalker, right? Pretending to be uh, a knight in shining armor, pretending to be a doctor even, uh, pretending to be a, a mother, you know, with a little plastic baby doll. These are, some of these things are actually healthy, right? You want to, because you're, what, what you're doing is you're role modeling uh, in, the, in the case of kids playing uh, cops and robbers, for example, you want to get the bad guys and how do you best do that, right? You, you want to fight the enemy uh, in, in war. Yeah, that's right. You're old modeling for boys. It's, it's for protecting uh, with the dolls. For the girls, it's, it's about motherhood and everything else and nurturing. I think these things are very healthy. But at some point, if you saw you know, a grown woman who's 20 years old playing with dolls and you know, feeding them and, and naming them and everything else, you would say, what, what's the matter with you, Sally? Uh, but, but what if you did say, see you know, Sally, 20 years old, holding, uh, you know, classic Barbie or, or little plastic baby doll and, and pretending to feed her, would you say anything? You would say, and maybe you should, right? You would say, you would say, Sally, uh, what's going on with this? Maybe, maybe you should, maybe you should uh, grow up, meet a man and have a child yourself. Right. But only if you got your sanity part of your brain in order first. Right. We're worried about you, Sally. You, at the very least, you would say we're worried about you. We wouldn't pretend along with her that that's what a cute baby you have. Oh, that's so gorgeous. Oh, uh, is she potty trained yet? You, you, you don't play these games. It would seem absurd. And yet we're doing exactly that when it comes to the transgender things and the Iranian situation, the inflation situation, the recession thing. All these things, it's the great... The great, the great pretend, right? That's why we name it the great pretend. I, I'm very concerned about it because it, it's a reflection on us. It, it shows us who we are by our willingness to accept it because, you know, I, we'd rather just not have the confrontation. Like I was telling you about that, that uh, mother, or rather the wife. Uh, most people don't want to confront. And what it takes to confront when you need to confront is a sense that you are part of civilization, that God has expectations of you, and you need to do God's work. You need to confront evil. And when people are doing just, I mean, you know, Sally taking care of a baby when she's 20 years old, it's not evil per se, right? But it is an unreality. It's a a pretense. A doll. That's what I meant. Uh, It's an unreality. And you need to help Sally escape that unreality, right? Just like we would expect, you know, to, we want to help the homeless. You know, we, ideally, we want them to not be on drugs anymore. Most of them are on drugs, let's face it. And as a consequence, are mentally ill. I'd say 90%. I'm sure that the other 10% are just mentally ill, but nevertheless are out in the streets for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's, it's awful. Yeah, but, people- but, we don't, we, but, we, but we want to help them one way or the other. But then there's all sorts of issues. Now there are being political pawns right, and everything else. all those, the ifs, wheres, and buts of how to help them aside, yeah. the bottom line in how we see helping them most is by bringing them back to reality. Yeah. 
through some form of sobriety and sanity. Um, Our ideas always center around churches and charities rather than government doing it, but let's leave all those methods aside. The bottom line, I think, portraying to the thesis of this episode is a return to reality is helpful for everyone in every way. And I think one of the things that is a hallmark of both your life and mine to a greater or lesser extent day in, day out, is we're always trying to find a better reality. And what I mean by that is a more pure experience of reality. You know, we're trying to figure out the essence of existence, of God, of reality, of all these things, so we can live best within this world and make the best set of decisions with the clearest amount of information. Or to put it another way, we want the truth with a capital T. And not the plural version with the not the, at the end. Not the plural. I love that. Not the plural version. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the alcoholic is such a great example. You could pretend to yourself and expect others to pretend along with you that you don't have an alcohol problem, but you do. And your, your, your version of reality is distorted, not only of the world, but also of yourself and, and what's going on in your life. That alcohol, in fact, controls you. And, and I, I'm telling you, we're, we're all alcoholics one way or the other in this society with all the pretenses that we're now engaging in. That, that's a form of alcoholism, is it not? Right? To, to indulge these people into thinking that, that, you know, being a man, being a woman, and then, and then going, taking affirmative steps to uh, castrate young boys and to, um, uh, whatever, what do you call it, um, radical mastectomies for girls. Really? This is, you're going to go that far to play along with this madness. Yeah, I think the technical... At least, at least Sally. Codependency. codependency, yeah. Oh, that's, I like that. At least with Sally and, and the plastic doll, I mean, she's not, you know, she's not harming anyone but herself, right? But, but it's much worse. When, when you tell the world that we're not in a recession, that there's no inflation, right? That we have no oil, no oil problem, or that we can... That another, gas prices are Putin's fault. Yeah, that's, that's right. Or that we can survive on uh, just solar and wind... That, that's, you, you are lying to yourself, you're pretending to yourself, and it's embarrassing for yourself and for others who look upon you. I want to invite every committed Democrat this minute to please get on a plane for a cross-country flight on a wind-powered and solar-powered plane. Please do it. <laughs> well, they'll say, you know, it's very funny, Ari, but one day we will have... Uh, a plane which will be fueled uh, with stored energy from wind power and solar and, for that matter, maybe water power, too. And so the joke's on you. You're, just don't see, you're not seeing it uh, futuristically enough. That's, that's the reason why you fail. And Barack, you know me, and I'm one of the most visionary people anyone's ever met. That's and true. You, you do look at Ari and say, there's a visionary. You truly. And I'm right, and they're not. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, but, but like, and Dennis Prager brings up this point, which is that uh, all you need to ask them is about nuclear energy, and they, of course, they fall apart. Hydroelectric. Uh, hydroelectric. Yeah. There's so many other sources, but they, they, their only answer is wind and, and, and solar. Anyway, I don't want to drill down on that, as it were. I'd rather drill for the oil, yes. Uh, yes. But, but, or they're pretending that, you know, and then, of course, climate change. That's uh, one of the greatest pretense oh. ever. It's a total hoax. Of course it is. Uh, but they, they have to believe. They believe that they control the climate. They, and, and when people say, they seem to understand that, yes, it's not all man-made, but, you know, predominantly man-made. But wait a minute. If that's the case, 
let's say they think it's 80%. They never give you a percent, by the way. They never do. But you would agree with me that if it's only 1%, then what's the point, right? If it's not a 9% already happening, okay. 80%, I can get, I, I can understand why, but that begs the question. What about the other 20% that is natural, right? If, if we're not responsible for that, well, that, doesn't that underscore and belie the argument altogether? Because it, it, it shows that there is a natural cycles if it's 20% natural, right? So why wouldn't it be all natural? Why, why, why don't you leave room for that possibility? And in their minds, there's only one kind of temperature that can be perfect. There's only one kind of um, uh, whatever, whatever you call it, uh, climate that, that can be perfect. It's nonsense. But again, the pretense is that you can control it. In, in many ways, it's like one of my father's cartoons um, where you see um, a president thinking that he can control the economy. And it's a sun rising, right? And... And the president is saying, I command you to rise, <laughs> right? He thinks in his head that he's the one making the sun rise. He's not. We know it's all, it's, the sun is rising on its own, whether, whether he commands it or not. Actually. But that's, but that's the way that the left thinks of the climate. They, they think they have this ability to, to, you know, manipulate the levers of power, not only in government and economics, which is, of course, something uh, questionable in and of itself, but also of nature itself. That, that's, that's the pretense, an amazing um, hubris on their part, an arrogance, narcissism. Very strange, right? And it's all this pretense. Uh, you know, you, you just hit on something very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, similar analogy in the, in the degree We've talked about over and over again the idea that the flimsier the ideology, the more oppressive it has to be to defend its anyone who would dare question it. Same is true as this. If you notice that the people who feel the weakest about being human beings have to pretend to feel the strongest, they have to attribute all these climate-controlling powers to human beings because they themselves are such, you know, weak, you know, estrogen-laced eunuchs. Right. Well, they, that's a, it's a great point. Um, one of the things about being a child, and it's developmental, we all agree with this, that it's good to engage in those uh, make-pretend uh, things, whether it's cowboys and Indians or playing Star Wars or, or, or even building Legos for that matter. Play of grandeur. That, that, yeah. yeah. That, that's, you know, we understand that's developmental and it, it gets you into thinking a certain way or in the case of building Legos, you know, it helps you to literally with building blocks and spatial relationships. It's all good. But, but <laughs> when it continues on to adulthood, we, we, called you, we call that immature. Yes. We call that fantasy land. You know, what, what's, what's happening, sorry, what's, what's healthy for a young child can be very unhealthy and retroactive um, or regressive for an adult, even like dangerous. Diapers. Yes. Okay, using diapers. Diapers is a very appropriate thing. Diapers, if, if you didn't use diapers for a, for a baby, you'd be a bad parent, yeah. right? 
if you if you use <laughs> diapers on the parent, uh, it's because he feels like not because he has incontinence or whatever. Uh, then, then you would say, okay, what's what, what the frig is wrong with it, this this guy, right? I mean, that that would be bad stuff. <laughs> I really like that one. I think he he resonates well, to that for some at reason. At that point, it becomes a fetish play, and if you're doing it only as fetish play, you know, in your as they say, in your recreational times yes. off work, fine. But if you're going through life, twenty four yeah. hours a day in that, yeah. See a, see a therapist. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you can't if you can't separate the the fetish aspect of it versus the uh, versus the reality and the rest of the your day aspect of it, you've got a serious problem. And the problem is, I, I think we have as as a world as a civilization, we're entering into that territory. We're we're engaging in this. We're we're saying yes by all means, uh, Mr. Drag Queen, and this is awesome what we're doing. We we honor you, right? If you if you talk to a drag queen of the let's say early somebody a drag queen that that was prancing around in the early '60s, and and talk to him. Wow, you were awesome. We honor you. He even he would say, "Are you crazy? What, what's voice? what's the matter with you? Are you crazy?" <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's your best Kathleen no, Turner impression. I see. That was pretty good. Yeah, are you nuts? <laughs> I just like to wear a dress. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, another one. Uh, not to pile on. Nancy Pelosi a couple weeks ago saying China is a very free country. Okay. Right? Everything about Same thing. Yeah, they, they say it and then they believe it. But again, the reason why, and this is where we have to end it, I suppose, is simply that it's easier. And they don't have to do God's work. And once, once you don't feel like there is a God, there's no reason to do God's work, right? What's, what's the point? What's there to fight for? <laughs> right? Why would you fight for reality? Right. <laughs> right? Isn't that the point? Yeah, it it makes right. perfect sense, yeah. you know? All right, we'll leave it at that. Folks, thanks so much for listening. And this is Barack Lurie signing off, saying God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.